the Sport Industry Access Podcast, episode 155. What positive habits do you need to be an effective sports coach? Welcome to another episode of the Sport Industry Access Podcast. I'm your host, Ed Bowers. Now, before we get going, I want to share you an awesome resource I've recently built on Facebook with regards to the Sports Industry Mastermind Group. Now, this mastermind group is all about helping people connect with people around the world by building a global network in the sports industry. So if you want to build a network in the sports industry and build meaningful connections, check out education to sport forward slash FB and be involved in this group. Now, as always, my goal each week is to provide you a special guest who is a sports expert in a specific field in the sports industry, especially if you have an interest in pursuing a career in coaching. I hope today's episode can be useful to you with regards to your interests and needs. Now, getting back to today's show, this week's special guest is Duncan Foster. Duncan is the founder of DSF coaching where he specializes in mindset coaching to enhance individuals with their sporting performance and well-being as a result duncan has worked with professional sports teams sports organizations such as reading football club team gb the pga and many more for that reason it's brilliant to have duncan as a special guest on the show and that's when today's episode duncan will share with you his sports career journey and explain the positive habits you need to be an effective sports coach Duncan, it's such a pleasure to have you on the show. Please could you share to the listeners your coaching career journey? When did it all start? Yeah, so thanks for having me on on the podcast. I've been listening to to a few recently in kind of preparation for it. And I know you had one of one of my friends, Charlie Ashford, on the podcast as well a few weeks ago. So that was good to to hear him sharing his insights again. Um, but for me, I started coaching about age 14, so 28 now, so 14 years ago. So I, I started volunteer, volunteering and helping out at a, um, a privately run organization local to me. So I was actually playing, but then I would coach the younger age group before my session. Um, and so that started at 14 and that I always had an interest in sport and football, and that led me to a sports science degree at Brunel University um, in 2009 to 2012. And so when I was at Brunel, obviously um, learning all of the sports science knowledge combined with the coaching um, knowledge that was there as well, but then also getting hands-on experience leading sessions. So that happened with the men's football team at Brunel and also Fulham in the community as well. So going out into different communities, um, very diverse populations within the, the, the Hammersmith and Fulham area um, and, and other boroughs in London as well. So that was really good to kind of get hands-on experience. And then I also went out to, for two years in a row in the summer to the USA and, and did some summer camps. So learning in different a much more much different environment um especially climate wise but then also you know soccer knowledge and um with, with the soccer knowledge was varied because it was a summer camp so sometimes you had players that had previous experience or played high school or middle school or something like that and other times this was their first experience of soccer and they were turning up with football cleats uh, and an american football under their arm kind of deal so 
very interesting um, time out there, but great fun as well. Um, after Brunel, I then joined Reading Football Club as a sports science intern. So working, working with the first team and the development squads. Um, and so that involves strength and nutrition, uh, sorry, strength and conditioning, some nutrition work, um, some monitoring through the GPS systems, um, taking the, the daily warm-ups in training and game day warm-ups and, and basically preparing the players for optimal performance, whatever, whatever that meant. And so that was a year that, you know, going in straight out of university and working with international players in the Premier League, arguably the best league in the world. It was a phenomenal experience. Um, Alongside that, I was coaching with Wickham Wanderers Development Centre as well. So that was working with players going through that system um, and again, getting more lead lead coach experience at, at that time. Um, following on from that, there's a, I, was, I was writing it down earlier. There's, there's a lot of, lot of jumping around and loads of different experience, which I'll touch on earlier is one of my, uh, one of my points. But from there, I moved to, to America on a two year soccer scholarship. So I went to, to Tennessee and I played for a, for a college team and we did very, very well in our, in our first year there. Um, and then in the summer seasons between then I played in the semi-professional leagues and then was an assistant coach in those leagues as well. Um, so that, that was four different seasons with them and two different seasons in, in college. Um, and then after that, whilst being in Knoxville in Tennessee, still I was the assistant director of coaching at a youth club called Knoxville Crush. And that's about 600 um, children that, that play. And we had about 20, 25 coaches. And there was just two of us that were full time um, at that point. So we were managing the, you know, the, the coach development, the, the player development and everything else on the uh, operations side of things as well, which was, a, an, again, a great experience. Um, after that, I started my master's in kinesiology, and that's where the sports psychology side of things come on, comes in with the performance mindset. So I did a two year master's in sports psychology at University of, Te sorry, University of Tennessee, which was fantastic and changed my life. I kind of entered into that thinking sports psychology is pretty cool. And then I applied what I was learning into my own game the, the, the following summer. And I had the best summer that I've ever had personally. And so it changed my life how simple but effective these skills can be uh, with, with people. And then alongside that, I was coaching um, college soccer as well. So I was, I was helping out down at, at Carson Newman University. And then I returned to England last summer, and that's when I set up my, my business now, so DSF Coaching. And so we provide performance mindset coaching for individuals and teams, um, and that's at any level. So we've got athletes that are at the international level, and we've also got people that are trying to complete a 5K coming up in September. So, you know, anywhere in between, these skills are really applicable for everybody. And the common misconception is you only go and, and work with your mind if there's something wrong. But actually, if you're just trying to find that extra edge or you're just trying to achieve something, then, you know, the, the power of the mind is incredibly um, important to when we're trying to improve and trying to, trying to achieve those goals. So, yeah, that's, that's kind of all that, all that I've been doing the last 14 years. Um, and it's brilliant because it just, it, it's all come to a head together com in combination for what I'm doing now. And so I can apply the coaching experience to, to my athletes. I can apply the sports science knowledge to my athletes. And then obviously working with the, the, the sports psychology side of things, I, I'm applying all of that together to bring the best out of, out of the athletes I'm working with. Duncan, what a fascinating career journey. And just on that note with the journey aspect, what have you 
like a lot of people when I speak to students I don't realize it is a journey reflecting what what you've just said how important is to look at your career as a journey just reflecting right now yeah absolutely and you know when I when I describe my journey to people I describe it as a really unique path of experiences that have led me to where I am today and so I wouldn't be the person or the coach that I am today without all of the experiences that I've had. So if you take one of those experiences out, then I'm not the same person and the same kind of coach. So it's easy to, to say, hey, I want to be in the Premier League within three years or I want to launch my business and, and I want to be working. I want to be going to the Olympics in Tokyo and working with an athlete. But at the, but at the same time, you know, you're going to be you're going to arrive when the time is right. And so you can't rush that process of gaining the experience and and, ga- and, and gaining the knowledge as well along the way. And I've got it written down for, for later, but I'll come into it now. Like my coaching philosophy is ever evolving as I evolve as a person. And so bringing in all the different positive experiences that I have professionally and personally, but then also all the different mistakes that I've learned from along the way as well. And don't get me wrong, there's been a lot of those along the way. But again, I wouldn't change anything that's happened Um you know, it's making those mistakes, but then learning from them so that next time you can act more positively and more effectively. Uh, and that is all a part of the journey that's, that's like I said, gotten me to, to where I am today and where I will be going in the, in the future. I think, Duncan, you've highlighted a really important point that making mistakes is part of the journey as well. But I've got to go yeah, back, absolutely. my man, for when you're 14 years old, because the one area I just want to discuss now, can you remember that sort of breakthrough moment when you went right coaching is the pathway with regards to also doing a sports science degree. Can you just remember that sort of moment when you went, went, right, this is where I want to go as a career? I don't, I think it was just something that happened really organically. Um, so my dad coached me from, I mean, since I could walk, let's be honest, I was breaking things around the house with the ball, um, much to my mum's discontent. But my dad coached me from, you know, five years old all the way through to to 16 as like the head coach. And, and it's something that he takes really seriously. You know, UEFA B qualified coach and, and, and really enjoys mentoring uh, young players through adolescence um, and it just so happened that you know I was on I was on that team but that he he's a mentor at work and then he's coached all those years so I feel like watching him and, and seeing his interactions and the joy that it gave him to lead people to to their better selves and, and their better performances I feel like it was almost kind of um, the path was made for me kind of thing and it, it just felt like a real natural step considering my my love for sport in general. Um, and so when I got to 14, it was play, like I said, playing with this private organization. Uh, and then it just, it just ha- so happened that the session before with the younger players, their, the head coach just asked, do you want to come and, uh, and help out? And then obviously I started doing that and maybe that was the spark. Maybe that was kind of like, Hey, I quite enjoy this. Um, and then a few years later, it's like, Hey, I can uh, get paid to do this as well. And you know, you, it's it's so rewarding that seeing a player in that light bulb moment when something happens that they've been trying to do um and you know if, whether that's physically or technically or whether that's now with with the the psychology side of things with with their performance mindset um but when that when you get that text from somebody now that you know they've just had that race or they've just get going into preseason and you know training with the first team or whatever it is and, and did really well whereas opposed to six months ago they may have been completely anxious and not themselves going into the session that's that's the joy of coaching is those rewarding moments where you feel like hey i've played a small part on that athlete's journey 
And one area I just want to touch back on with regards to your coaching experience with working in the UK with the different boroughs in London and also doing coaching abroad, how important is it to realise different cultures, different people, different backgrounds when actually doing the coaching style yourself? Just to be mindful of the people you're coaching. Could you just reflect on that? Because I think we, you can't just say I do coaching in London is exactly the same as coaching in America. I just want to learn from your experience of how you've adapted in those environments. Yeah, definitely. And I'd say I've adapted through mistakes and through lessons. Um, you know, I think the best example of that would be I was coaching a team called Myrtle Beach Mutiny um, in a semi-professional summer league in America. Um, we went to the national quarter final. We had a really good, uh, really good season. Um, and then the day after I was coaching a, a, an under 11s girls team in Knoxville. So I've gone from almost this professional setup to then coaching an under 11s team that's of mixed abilities. Um, and I would say initially I, 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 I treated them the same. Uh, and that was a real lesson for me that actually getting to know the people that are in front of you is that is one of the most, if not the most important thing. And then adapting your approach and adapting your communication style to the people that are in front of you and also finding out why they're playing you know the the motivation for the guys that are playing in a national quarterfinal game are going to be much different to the to the girls that are you know 10 11 years old figuring out what's going on with their social status within the group and, and growing into their bodies and maybe changing schools and all those different things and it may just be a social event kind of thing so finding out why different people uh, are playing or competing and then adapting your your approach to that, and I know I've got that I've got that later on in some of the habits that 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 we'll speak about later. Um, but yeah, definitely through experience you learn different cultures, and I, and it's even I mean geographical. So in ah, November kind of time, I did two seminars with um, like Team GB pathway athletes from four different aquatic sports. And one day was in Sheffield and then one day was at the Olympic Stadium in London. And just the geographic difference between the mentality and the personality of people in in those two rooms was completely different. And, you know, coaching in America, coaching in Tennessee compared to coaching in New York or California is, it is all going to be completely different. So it's like you say, taking the time to understand who's in front of you. Um, and that that only take that takes time and that takes conscious effort rather than just launching into into the sessions, which I, I, I've done a, a couple of times and then and then obviously learn and grown through that. And just from a coaching perspective as well, you've highlighted it throughout your journey, having the balance between having the knowledge and having the practical experience. How do you find that juggling act? Because one thing I'm interested from an academic perspective, you did your sports science degree in Brunel. What triggered you to do? Am I correct? It was a master's at Tennessee. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, some people do like a degree and then go straight into a master's. How did that experience in between your science degree and your master's in Tennessee supported you to where you are now? Sure. So there was there was a bit of a pattern with it, really. I finished at Brunel and then I had the year at Reading, which was, you know, applied, but then also gaining significant knowledge through the people that I was working with and like great practitioners. And, you know, the, 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 a lot of the people I was close with there now have set up a performance center in Reading, which I'm partnered with uh, Go Perform, which is brilliant, you know, great personalities, great knowledge. Um, and so that was a real uh, development year for me. Um, and then when I was at Carson Newman playing, I also did a, a master's in business administration. So that was alongside being able to play. And so that was going on a different side of thing and looking at looking at things from a different perspective. Um, and then it was the application with the youth club. 
uh, and then it was back to, to the masters. So it's kind of a leapfrogging to and from, but I think I've been really conscious about getting the applied experience as I go through the processes. And so even whilst I was doing the masters in kinesiology at, at, at UT, I was coaching the, with the youth club. I was, I was coaching in college at Carson Newman. I was working with individual athletes on the, on, on, on their mindset. Um, I was mentoring, players through the college recruitment process as well so getting all these different experiences and working with these different people so that i could apply what i'm learning and i think that's i think that's a difference between um you know like you said academic and application and so for me it's been weighing up where do i what do i enjoy the most and how how can i combine these things to do it and they even now when i'm you know still working with individuals and i'm not um actively involved involved in a university there's still other learning opportunities that i that i partake in so that i can continually evolve my knowledge and my my style as well i find this chat really interesting just looking at sports a bigger picture now from an industry perspective relating to your 14 years how have you seen coaching develop in the high performance sort of avenue just from your overall yeah, experience, but also just how coaching has developed in general. Yeah, it's 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 quite cool to see how it has evolved, and it's really interesting to see where it will where it will go as well. I mean, I think now the the generation that I was probably just at the start of as a player, um, but now especially, you know, they want to be they want to know they want to feel valued and they want to feel trusted to to take care of what they need to take care of on the field or, or you know whatever your arena is so there's a quote that i speak about in my podcast many times and that's the athletes don't care how much you know until they know how much you care and so they they really want to to know that you are there for them and their development both as a person first and as an athlete and i think that's shifted in my time where it was about developing the the athlete and how good can you be as an athlete but now we're looking at the the personal characteristics as well and and that was something that is something that i take very seriously and you know a lot of my clients um that i was that i've been working with have just been going through exam season as well. So as well as performing, they're going through their exams as well. So how can we make these skills transferable into other areas of life so that they can perform the best in, in their life, whatever it, it throws at them? And so increasing your, the, the emotional intelligence and your ability to get to know somebody, to know what drives them and to be able to tap into that knowledge, as well as being able to notice if they're not themselves on that day as well. And then being able to, to just say, hey, is it, how's everything going? And they may not say, but, you know, half an hour later, they may just come over and be like, you know, well, whatever it is. And, and therefore you are a, a support, a support act for them as well as, as well as a coach. So I think the role of coach, maybe when I first started, I saw it as just um, sharing knowledge, whereas now I see it as a real overall support act. And how can I how can I develop them personally, athletically? And then just support them through the through the things that they're going through as well. Duncan, what you're talking about really, really does relate to today's podcast topic. What positive habits do you need to be an effective coach? Yeah, absolutely. So I've got I've narrowed it down to four that I can talk about. I'm aware aware of time. So um, the first one that I'm going to say is um, as a coach, take care of yourself first. So as a coach, you are a performer. 
And so if you go, if you're not taking care of yourself, whatever that means, you know, for me, it's, it's exercising. I came from being, being an athlete and I, I enjoy exercising and, and, you know, get out there every day and, and do something. So that's, that's my release. And that's my, my enjoyment comes through that. And then also, you know, spending time with the people that, are, that, that you love outside of the sport as well. So taking care of yourself so that you, so that you can perform at your best as a coach in order to serve your athletes the best. Um, and, and within that, I would group together having fun coaching. So when you're out there, you've got to be enjoying what you're doing and, and, and just making fun of what it is. You know, we, the players can, can, can pick off your enthusiasm when you're having fun and enjoying it and setting up the, the, the sessions in order so that they can have fun, but you can have a laugh in it, in it as well. Um, and so I, yeah, I put self-care and fun into, into that bracket. Um, there was an interesting article last week that got shared around on, on Twitter that, uh, Dabo Sweeney, he's a head football coach at Clemson university, a really prominent, strong American football, uh, team, um, in, in America. And, and he, there was an article about his assistants, assistant coaches. And at the start of this year, he's, he told them, make sure that you spend time with your family and go to your kids games, obviously within restrictions of game time and practice time but outside of that be with your family or you're fired and so that's it was really really cool to read because you know a lot of times coaches can be um stereotyped into it's like uh, an, another life for them so they've got their family life at home or outside of the office uh, and then they're 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 the the sport takes over whereas this this prominent coach was saying hey go and spend time with your family because i know that you're going to be back and you're going to be more effective because of it and so yeah my first point is self-care and fun the second point i'd say is a skills that i've developed over my numerous experiences and that is the observation and communication so actually less can be more when you're delivering and instead of giving a lot of information at a time or jumping in regularly, I now move more towards, can I send smaller nudges or smaller perspective shifts or challenges along the way? And that can be as a team, that can be individual rather than being a wholesale, hey, this is my coaching point. I'm coming in with this and this is this is where we're going with it. Now it's actually, as the play is going on, I might have a chat to the person that's closest to me and say, hey, what about this next time? Or why, why did you do that? What was the thought process? And get them to relive it and get them to, to see whether it was the best option, which it might be. And, you know, then we, then we say, hey, good stuff. I like it. Or, hey, why don't you check out this other option next time? Um, and that's the, the work that I do with people now in conversation is I listen to what they're saying and the language they're using. And then I just try and shift their perspective on things or I just kind of challenge their perspective on things. And so it's those, the, the things that appear smaller that actually have a greater impact along the way. And then the power of observation is, is, is huge. And so being able to see those moments and see when a player may have done something really well and then stepping in to give them that feedback, seeing when a player may have made a mistake and that head's gone down. And so how can I pick them up? How can I make them confident to, for the next race, for the, to get on the ball next, whatever, whatever it is. Um, and with communication, you know, as a coach, I know what I want to get across, but actually how was that understood from the athlete's perspective? And I think that's a huge difference and something that I've only learned from getting feedback from my players. And 
I've gone to my fourth point here with reflection and feedback. So reflecting of my on myself as a coach and the sessions, but then also listening to people that I trust and to the players that I'm actively engaging with. And hey, how was that session? What did you get out of that session? Um, and you know, in the sessions that I'm working with people now asking them for the two or three main points they're taking from the session. So are the points that I think that they've taken that I've written down as the key moments from this conversation, are they the, the points that they've taken, that they've taken away from it? And sometimes they are, which, it, which is great. And sometimes they've seen something else, which is also great. And, you know, either way it's positively impacting them, but it's great to understand, you know, that again, it helps form that relationship and understand their perspective. Um, and so the last one that I'll talk about is is connection, which we've already touched upon. So trust is a huge part of coaching nowadays, both trust that that trust from them as a coach that you're doing everything for them and you care about them as a as a person first first. But then also as a coach, creating the environment of responsibility and accountability and having fun with it as well. So I'm not going to be on you all the time to make sure that you're doing what you need to be doing or what you can be doing. I'm going to trust that you're going to be doing that. And if you're not, then we'll have a conversation about it and we'll, fi we'll find out why. And there may be a, a really good reason for it. But what I found is by giving that trust rather than just being on people, it allows them to, to navigate their own journey and control their own development. And hey, some people want to want to work at it every single day and other people will want to do it every, every other session and figuring out what works best for people. And, and if they need that little push we can give them a little push but it's them taking control of their own journey which i love doing so in terms of the positive habits i'll just i'll just sum up so i put self-care and fun in the first one observation and communication skills in the second one connecting with your athletes and building that trust in those relationships and then reflection and feedback as you go along the journey out of interest just on the sport out of all those four habits which habit have you had to develop the most throughout your career, coaching career journey? Good question. I would say, I think there's two trails of thoughts with this. Firstly, I was a very serious player. And so learning to lighten up a little bit or find, find different methods of coaching or different styles of coaching has been something that I've developed consciously throughout it. And knowing that not everyone wants to be that uh, focused in, zoned in at all the, all the moment as I was as a player. But then I think the communication and connection point as well. So being able to chat with people and understand them as a person and their personality and, and what's going on around their life in and out of the field of, of play and therefore being able to to develop them on on that sense as well. With regards to those four habits, were those the reasons what inspired you to start your own business? Yeah, I think it was. I think that I, <clears throat> when I was looking into doing it, it was always something that was going to happen. It was just a point of when w was it going to happen. And so I, I actually went over to go perform in Reading, who I mentioned earlier, for a wrist injury. And I spoke with the guys there and um, they 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 put me on the website that day as providing mindset coaching to their population, their community. And it was kind of like, Hey, people believe in me in England as well as America. So obviously five years in America built up a really good network, had a really strong reputation and obviously still do, but then coming back to England and not restarting, but, um, you know, picking and picking up where I may have left off five years ago, but it was like, there, there's people here that, love my style of coaching and what I can offer to athletes. And so 
that gave me the confidence to to start the business. Um, and it's been a huge learning curve. It's been one of the most challenging things that I've ever done in my life, but it's also been one of the most fun and rewarding things. And it's something that I'm learning from every day in terms of how can I how can I impact the person that's in front of me? And then how can I spread the net wide so that I can impact as many people as possible at the same time? And, so, and, and balancing that out so I'm not too far in either direction as well. Um, but I, I, I love to bring all four of those things into my coaching and then in, it also in with the coaches that I work with as well, because I do some coach development work as well. Would you want to explain to listeners the services you provide, just if they're interested to connect with you direct after this podcast? Yeah, absolutely. So the majority of my work is one-on-one -on -one coaching. So, um, and a lot of that is online. So I work with people in, in, in the UK, but also Canada and America at the minute. Um, and so it's, it's performance mindset coaching. So I'm bringing in the experiences of coaching and of sports science and of strength conditioning, but then layering on top that masters of sports psychology, and then just looking at the overall performance factors and leading them towards where they want to get to. So finding out where they want to get to, finding out why they want to get there. And then we then we figure out how we're going to do that and, and, and what performance looks like for them now and, and how we can build skills on top of that and challenge perspectives with that. Um, additionally, I work with some teams as well. So go in and, and observe or deliver straight away as well on a topic that the coach or the players have feel like they want to improve on. Um, and then I do some coach delivery, uh, sorry, coach development as well, where I would observe coaches and give them feedback and chat with them about their coaching style and, uh, and their experiences. And hopefully, you know, better, hopefully develop them to better serve their athletes as, as well. So, yeah, one on one coaching is the majority of the work that I do. Um, but then there is some team and, and coach work within that as well. And it's not just limited to sport as well. You know, I've got some business owners as well that I work with. Um, and then, like I said, earlier the 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 person that wants to be better in life so that could be the the parent that works full-time and then wants to be a better parent at home as well but then also increase their exercise habits alongside that you know whatever it is these the the mind is so powerful and it's and all the skills that i layer on top of people's performance are so applicable across all different arenas i think the key learning lesson here is coaching is a skill set absolutely yeah and uh, what you said is so true Finally, what inspired you to start a podcast show? Could you explain it? What's the purpose of the show? And could you explain the sort of topics you discuss on it as well? Yeah, definitely. So the, the podcast is called DSF Coaching Conversations. Um, and, you know, it's available on all the all the major sources of, of podcasts. But I listen to a number of podcasts um, going through my master's programs in America. And, you know, it's a source of of learning that that is relatively it's not really new, but it's definitely booming at the minute. So there's become ever, ever more popular. Um, and so I I knew that I had a really good network of contacts. And so perhaps selfishly, I was like, hey, let's chat about your habits and your behaviors that fueled your success. And then I get to share it with people as well. And people get to learn from it and apply it to their own life. So it's been a really cool journey again, learning how to do a podcast, first of all, but then chatting with these people. And, you know, I've, I've had people that are athletes in different sports, individual sports, um, endurance sports, team sports. I've had coaches, physios. Uh, nutritionists so all across the board and learning the tagline is habits and behaviors that fuel success so very similar to to the theme of our, of our conversation today um, but learning learning about their journey and learning from 
their experiences, the, 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 the positive things that have got them to where they are today and the mistakes that they've learned from to get them where they are today as well. Um, and then that was 12 episodes. And then I summarized everything in a, in a highlights episode for episode 13, which was really cool as well, because I picked three themes from throughout the 12 episodes and then broke them down into sub themes and then used excerpts from the chat. So you had uh, an endurance runner, an ultra runner with the same um, sub theme as uh, physio and, you know, was, or, or something like that. It was it was really cool to see how these habits are both individual and shared amongst people for, that, are, that are doing really well in whatever they are that, that they are doing. So it's it was a great journey for me to learn for myself and apply some of those things myself. But then, like I said, to be able to share it uh, and to get the feedback that I have had from it and how much it has helped people in their in their journeys and their performances as well has been absolutely brilliant. Hey, you're not being selfish for being a podcaster. This is the power of podcasting when you're just educating the world. And honestly, I my any people who give podcasting a go because there's a lot more work than people think. Yeah, oh yeah. Behind the scenes. So, just relating to your career now, what have you been up to recently? Yeah, so it's it's growing the business through the summer. So I'm still in the first year of business. So feeling out what the uh, peaks and troughs look like in terms of different seasons for different sports. So for instance, over the summer or since the start of the spring, I've had a boom in the number of runners, track and field athletes and golfers that have, that have sought out my services and I've started working with them. Um, and then also now moving into football preseason as well, you know, the, the, the players that I'm working with and we're now kicking things back off as they're as they're as they're back into it so we've been preparing for preseason, and now they're back in in the midst of it so it's a it's a it's a good time with a with a you know a a, a um a strong roster of clients shall we say as as the american terminology comes in but you know got a lot of good people coming coming through the doors and uh, and working together and seeing such a great impact in where they're able to get to um, throughout our time together so it's just continuing to grow that so we're still going through the summer months um, working with these people towards whatever events they're working towards um, and then I'm sure we'll get into the full swing of things and the autumn sports uh, in a few weeks time. Duncan just out of interest just on a personal note what have you enjoyed the most from your sports career journey reflecting right now? The memories and the relationships so the relationships that I formed both player to player coach to player player to coach um but then the memories which could be could be a result but more than likely it's a performance and the time that was spent around that performance so building up to it you know going through preseason going through that hard work and then getting to the game and having that memory of a winner in the national semi-final in 2013 with 76 seconds to go you know everything that come up to that moment and then remembering what happened on the pitch in celebration and in the change rooms and that memory with those people. Um, but then also, you know, creating those memories with people now. So as I, as I touched on earlier, getting that text from someone, Hey, I just trialed with this team did really well. We're in talks. Hey, I just smashed my PB for this time. Couldn't have done it without, you know, whatever it is, play, be, feeling like I've played a small part in their journey and building those memories with, with, with good people at the minute. Well, I cannot express how much I've enjoyed this podcast chat. Duncan and you provided so much wealth of knowledge in this chat so far but I always like to finish with an inspirational question what advice would you give to university students who are just starting their coaching career journey yeah so I would say work with or work for 
as many different coaches as you can and so I was trying to tot it up earlier preparing for this and I reckon I've worked with over 25 coaches um, and that's probably a conservative number as well and so what that does is you learn a lot of things that you want to take forwards in your coaching style and then you also learn a lot of things that you would do differently as well and both of which are, uh, are valuable as you form your own coaching style. So I would say work with as many people as possible and be inquisitive. Be bold in terms of reaching out to people and be inquisitive when you get a chance to have a chat with someone or a reserve with someone and just ask those questions that may seem small to you or, or seem you know silly to you but actually the answer could set you up for for something really, really huge. And that's been something that I've done throughout my career has been bold in my approaches to people and then also asking those questions so that I can take as much from that coach, both what I will do and, and also what I will do differently. And so that is, that's, that's, that would be my advice. Work with as many different coaches and learn from as many different coaches as you can if coaching is where you want to go. That is great. I really do hope the listeners take that on board. How can people interact with you online? Yeah, so my website is dsfcoaching.com, not to be uh, misunderstood with DFS sofas, although it's a good uh, good connection piece, I guess. But yeah, DSF, so Duncan Stewart Foster, coaching.com. Um, and then also on Twitter, I've got my original ta- uh, handle from, from years ago, which is Duncan Foster 26. Um, and then Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn are all DSF coaching. So I'd say Twitter Twitter is my most active platform um and then i and then obviously the podcast there's links to that through through the website but yeah the website dsfcoaching.com and then all the links kind of go off from from there that is great to all the listeners listening in all those links will be on my website with regards to this podcast episode duncan it's been such a pleasure chatting with you today thank you very much yeah thanks for having me on it's been it's been great fun what a fantastic podcast chat with Duncan. Honestly, there are so many golden nuggets of useful, helpful and applicable knowledge that you can apply today, especially with regards to coaching. I always enjoy speaking to coaches on this podcast show because they always show a different perspective. They all agree that coaching is a skill set, but there is something unique about coaching which connect with human beings which connect us to be better individuals and without a doubt those habits that Duncan was mentioning with regards to understanding communication knowing yourself first and where you want to go because knowing where you want to go and who you are as an individual will portray to others of your values and how people connect to your energy whilst coaching but honestly again there was so much um, going back to if you were a graduate listening to this or if you're a university student listening to this I hope you've got a better understanding that building experiences by making mistake is part of the process. And it's something I've learned so much during our chat with Duncan because his mistakes defines him where he is today. And he's always being bold. He's always going that sort of step further with regards to his own progression. And the same with regards to being bold of doing coaching and studying in the UK and also coaching and studying abroad, such as America. All these experiences really define your journey and define who you are as an individual. And I cannot wait to hear more about Duncan's business journey, which is just starting out right now. And again, I could go on, but I would happily say I would highly recommend you getting a pen and paper and re-listening 
to this podcast, especially if you want to be a coach, because I'm a big believer that repetition is the key to success with regards to how we learn and how we apply that knowledge into action. And honestly, I'll be listening to this podcast a couple of times with regards to my coaching style in the work I want to do in the sports industry. So uh, as I say to people now, I I try not to preach on this show. I try and practice what I hear from the experts. And Duncan, without a doubt, has put in the hard work. He's certainly put in the reps of working with over 25 coaches with regards to being mentored and getting different perspective of his coaching philosophy while he develops himself as a coach as well. So look, there's so much in this podcast and I really do hope you took on board what Duncan was saying and apply it to your coaching career journey today by taking action. Now, as always, at the end of each interview, I'd like to finish with an inspirational quote from my guest speaker. Duncan said, your career journey is a unique path of experiences. Your coaching philosophy will evolve whilst you develop as a person.